Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Georgia Southern Podcast, the Georgia Southern Extra Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nathan Dominus. With me is my co-host, your co-host, McLean Baxley. How are you doing tonight, McLean? Doing great. Great. Uh, we're taping on Tuesday, uh, going into the uh, Texas State game. So uh, when you uh, hear this, uh, we'll see what happens between now and um, the air date on the podcast. But for right now, uh, uh, we'll talk about Texas State. We're hoping to hear from uh, the beat writer for the uh, Austin Statesman. And, uh, but in the meantime, we're going to uh, talk about uh, Georgia Southern's last couple games. Let's go back to Saturday, the Troy game, uh, Georgia Southern won 2013. But the, uh, the game uh, had a, a lot more, uh, I guess, milestones than uh, the team would like. Georgia Southern had to overcome injuries to its top two running backs, uh, Wesley Kennedy III, uh, early, very early in the game before he even had one carry suffered a mouth injury while blocking on a play. And then later in the second quarter, J.D. King, who's been their, their bull rushing back, the guy that they depend on for the tough yards, he went down with a serious knee injury, did not return to the game. And uh, when we talked to Coach Chad Lunsford uh, Monday, he was hoping to, to get some good news from an MRI. But uh, he also knows that it could be a serious injury that could cost J.D. King his season. What um, – that's a, your overview, McLean. What did you think of the uh, Troy game as a whole? And we'll talk about the running backs. I mean, I thought the again, you know, probably for the sixth or seventh time this season, you know, the defense was lights out. You know, from from top to bottom, from you know redshirt freshman again, you know, Derek Canteen getting two interceptions. Um, you know, the defensive line getting pressure and, and you know holding them to you know under two hundred fifty yards on a on a Troy offense that has. Played lights out, you know, every game uh, this season, one of the top in the country. Um, and they were able to just slow them down. They were able to – the up-tempo that they were worried about, that's really killed them the past few years, They that was non-existent. You know, so then held the ball for, you know, almost 20 more minutes since uh, Troy did. So just another fantastic defensive showcase from, you know, defensive line to the backfield, you know, up and down. So Scott Sloan uh, had just pitched another perfect game, it seems like. Yeah, it was. I, I think you, you people might say, "Well, what about when they shut out UMass?" The context of that game was UMass was playing its first game, hadn't played, uh, you know, and that was late in in the season, relatively in October. UMass wasn't on the same level playing field, if you will, that uh, that Troy was. Troy is a conference opponent. Troy has a a very uh, vital offense, was averaging thirty two points a game. Like you said, they had this up tempo attack. They were using their their second string quarterback, Jacob Free. Uh, because their, their starter, Gunnar Watson, had been hurt a couple games earlier. But Free had thrown for 400-plus yards the, the game before. So there was this um, 
equation of, of Troy coming in, like you said, based on the history and just kind of running up and down the field or passing up and down the field on, on Georgia Southern's defense, but it was actually quite the opposite. And a couple main things went into that. Uh, one was the play of the defense and one was the play of the offense that, that the time of possession, 47 minutes, I believe, just uh, crushing uh, amount of time for a team to be on the field for, um, for the Troy defense to be on the field. What, uh, what can you talk about as far as what kind of plays you saw the defense make? Um, you mentioned Derek Cantini, all FBS schools, I believe, with four interceptions. What kind of, um, what kind of plays were you able to see from uh, George Southern defense to shut down Jacob Free in that Troy offense? I think part of it was getting pressure to, you know, Free and making him make uncomfortable throws. You know, like you said, he is a backup. You know, their other guy was, was out for the, for the game. So, you know, really just, you know, putting pressure there. And then, like you said, you know, uh, you know, Canteen and all these young guys that, you know, that was the biggest question mark coming in was how, you know, they were going to replace Monclavian Brinson and Kendall Vilder. And these guys each week had just been stepping up and being able to, to, to come away with takeaways. Like you said, you know, Canteen is not a leader in FBS and in, in, uh, interceptions with four. And, you know, this is only his, you know, fifth or, you know, seventh or eighth game. So, I mean, it's, it's impressive to see for sure. Okay. We have a, a special guest. It looks like Kef, are you there? I am here. Thanks for having me. Oh, oh, great, Kev. We uh, we 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 started the Savannah, uh, sorry, the Georgia Southern Extra podcast without you. But ladies and gentlemen, um, we, we're with uh, Kev and Kev. I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, your last name is uh, Ciardello or Ciardello? Hey, good job on the second guess. It's Ciardello there. I you know it, it always throws people for a loop. I got I got the weird first and last name, but I'm Kev Ciardello. <laughs> Well, it's it's definitely unique, and and you were the beat reporter for the Austin Statesman covering Texas State. Uh, you thank you for joining the show. That's a, a, a special guest. We really appreciate it. Now, you and McLean can compare notes on hot wings, but well, we were talking before the show about that. But what? Uh, how long have you been covering uh, Texas State? Well, I mean, I started as a student reporter back in in two thousand eight. Was doing that for a couple years, and then I, I took some internships for a while, and then came back in 2013 for Rivals. I did that for two years, and I worked for Scout for one year, which is now 247 Sports. And then mm-hmm. for the Statesman, I got hired in 2016 to cover Texas State. So this is my fifth season doing that for them. I also do high school coverage and little digital content producing for the Longhorn games. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, I've seen a lot of Bobcat games. I've seen a lot of Bobcat losses specifically. <laughs> well, well, you've you've been able to see, off. you've been able to see, you know, eight losses this year. You know, what, what, what has been about this team that, you know, they're one win against a winless ULM team. Um, and since then it's, it's been a lot of losses, a couple of close losses, you know, uh, in the game against Boston college and, uh, you know, they, they fought hard with that Louisiana team, but you know, what, what, what is this? How did we get here with the Texas State this year? Gosh, you know, it, it's been uh, it's been an interesting year. Because, you know, right off, first off, they're the only team in the country to have played nine games. They they've yet to knock on wood, postpone or cancel anything really. So, so that's impressive. But they're also only one of two teams that have eight losses. So there's the inverse of that, which isn't isn't as great. Right. The only other team with eight losses is ULM, the one team they beat. Um, but we're, you know, it's, it's crazy because it's crazy to say that they are improved from last year, but they are, they, this is actually a better team than it was last year because they're more competitive. Last year it was the losses were more lopsided. Um, the, the wins were a little, were fluky. You know, the, the two of them that they got, there was one with South Alabama that was real close. They went to overtime with Georgia state. 
And so it, it, they, there have been improvements specifically off, on offense. They averaged 18 points a game last year. They're closer up to 30 this season. Um, it's, it's just been – I really think it's a lack of experience from the coaching staff and from the players that they just can't get over that hump, that hump to start winning these games because they're so close. They're in a lot of these games. I mean, last week they, they got handed pretty bad by Appalachian State, but the week before they were in there against Louisiana, that was only a 10-point game. You know, they were a, a, an extra point away from beating their vaunted rival, UTSA. They were they were either tied or led the entire game against Boston College, except for the last three seconds when they hit the field goal and, and ended up winning with those three seconds. So it's it's been some close games. And it's it's just been – there's a lot of factors into it, but really when, when I break it down, if I try and give someone a quick answer – experience there's just not a lot of they have talent but the talent doesn't have experience and i even think they have a talented coach in spavadol but he also doesn't have experience he's a 35 year old coach second youngest coach in fbs he's he has he's got a bright young mind but i think he still needs to get some of the technical stuff about being a coach down better and i think that'll come with time for him for spavadol specifically and you would think time with with players but you never know with who transfers out and all of that i've seen potential get burst with transferring and stuff, you know, as far as Texas state's roster. So could, could see that again, but yeah, yeah like long, 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 answer, short experience, lack of experience is where they're at. <laughs> Very well put the, uh, it is only his second season. Is there any kind of heat on him already? Is it, you know, when you, when you go uh, one and eight, people aren't happy. Is, is it people are going to, are they being patient or do you got, is the team still behind them? Or is there any kind of rumblings like you better come up with something the next couple of weeks? No, he, he's safe. He's he's more than safe. I, I feel like from fans and from the administrative standpoint, it's even with with the pandemic, it, it kind of gave him a wash for the season. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not great. One and eight people aren't happy about it. But you have to remember, this team hasn't won more than three games in any season since 2015. So it's been this is the third coach that has had this problem. So fans are kind of scratching their head and wondering, okay, maybe it's not coaching. Maybe it's something right. deeper within Texas State and, and the program as a whole. We had a similar oh, conversation with the uh, ULMB writer, back, uh, Tim Buckley, back at uh, when the week before uh, George Southern played ULM. And you have the on-paper look at the game and you have the reality. And, um, you know, you, you, you've written that uh, this is six straight losses for the Bobcats, the longest since 2016 when they lost eight straight. So there's, there's kind of that culture there that they've got to overcome. And ULM was kind of going through the same thing, having lost to Texas State and, and uh, not looking good. And then, uh, if you recall, they played, I guess, their best game at that time um, against Georgia Southern. And the game literally went down to the last couple of inches. A very tight game. I went down to a review of uh, the officials. Game officials had to review the last play to determine who won the game, basically. So... Uh, is there any kind of like watch out for it's like a trap game is uh, uh, Texas State is dangerous. So you mentioned how they played well with Louisiana. They, they had a, gr- a very good start against Appalachian State. Is there uh, do they got the goods to give uh, Georgia Southern uh, a difficult time this Saturday? Uh, and also when you talk about Georgia Southern bringing a different kind of offense and Texas State only having only having a week or less to prepare for that, which Coach Spavital talked about on Monday. What, what kind of game do you see happening this Saturday? Yeah, you, you know, I do think it could be kind of a sneaky game for the Bobcats. I saw their 10-point underdogs in this one, and I, I think that's high. I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to win this game, 
but they, they really haven't gotten blown out too much this season. It got lopsided against Appalachian State late in that game, but it was pretty close until the end. The only real big blowout they had was BYU, and maybe you can even throw Troy in there too. But they've, they have been close, and a big factor the last few weeks has been their defensive backfield. They, uh, Spav even said they, the four defensive backs they had at the end of the game on Saturday were the only defensive backs they had left. Everyone's huh. injured, non, non-COVID wow. injuries, but everyone's banged up. But this week they're getting back a key piece, Cordell Rogers. He's the starting corner. Uh, he's been out for three weeks. He's, he actually missed five of the last six games. Um, so they, they really need him back. Uh, they're getting Austin Deason will be in there, DJ Mask, some other guys returning. Torrey Spears also might come back. He's also starting defensive backfield. So they might be, they're going to be stronger at, at, with the DBs, more so the weeks past. But, however, it goes back to the offense that you brought up with Georgia Southern, that triple option, sometimes they hit you deep mm-hmm. type look. You know, it, it really, you don't need too many of your DBs. And Texas State's strong suit is their front seven. They've had a, you know, they had some injuries on the D line, but their best guy Jordan Rebels came back uh, over the last two weeks, and he's starting to to acclimate himself. Um, so their their D line and their linebackers are the strongest part of their defense. So you know they 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 could you know be well suited for that, but really I don't think anybody's well suited for a triple option. It's really hard to go up against that that ball control type of type of offense the closest thing they faced to that though was probably that bc game bc's very ball controlled they like to run that clock down and texas state had some success there so maybe they can emulate that and do kind of what they did against bc and and bring that against georgia southern but i i do think that texas state will have a chance i don't think that they'll get blown out um i, I think it'll be a close one I, I think georgia southern still wins it though you know, one of the big storylines that I've kind of been, you know, reading your work and also, you know, watching some of the games has been that that quarterback position. You know, with with Tyler Vitt and Brady McBride, you know, both of them over 800 yards, uh, you know, passing. Both of them have at least eight touchdowns. What's the what's going on? You know, there there at quarterback between these two guys. Boy, that is it's been a carousel there all season. <laughs> it's it's been musical chairs. So they started out. Brady McBride got the start at SMU, um, had a decent game. But then COVID contact tracing, he made a miss the next two weeks, and then the insert Tyler Vitt. Tyler Vitt had a really good game against UTSA. They lost because they missed an, the, an extra point that would have given them the lead, and it set the game in overtime. They lost that one. That was a crushing loss. And the following week, Tyler Vitt wins against ULM, and as we know, they're kind of on downtime, so it can't really read too much into that. But once McBride comes back, uh, once he was able to get out of contact tracing, that's when they, they insert him. And, and some backstory on, on McBride. McBride is Spavadol's recruit. He went and got a, found him from – he was at Memphis behind Brady White, and he got him to enter the transfer portal and, and come to Texas State. It was one of his first moves. In, in 2019, he couldn't play him. He's still doing the transfer rule deal, but this is his first year that he can actually play. Um, and so he's kind of, it's kind of Spavadol's hand-picked guy. And so even though Tyler Vitt played well in those first two games, when McBride was ready to go, they played him. And he started the next four or five games. And he kind of regressed each game, it seemed. He's a real east-to-west player. If, and, and I mean that in, if he's in the pocket and he's trying to keep it going, he's going to run towards the sideline, try and do a cross-body throw, you know, a Johnny Manziel-type impression. Mm-hmm. And it just it worked, it worked sometimes, but most of the time it didn't. And it really it came to uh, uh, 
came to a close against Louisiana when he just he had a really bad game, three interceptions in the first half, should have had four with a really bad throw in the second half in that game. And so that's when they decided to go back to Vitt and played him against Appalachian. And Vitt did okay, but Vitt does the same thing that he always does because Vitt was here before Spavadol and before McBride. He was actually the previous coach's recruit. So he, he's a junior. So he, he's been here a few years. He's had a, a number of starts under his belt, and his main problem is turnovers. He turns the ball over. He's going to have some great throws. He started out that game last week with a 77-yard touchdown throw. And mm-hmm. then cut to a little bit later, he's throwing interception, a pick six. You know, and then later on, he's throwing another interception. So turnovers are the real problem with him. Too much risk for the reward with Tyler Vitt. Uh, when you have a team oh, that's it, one and eight, that's kind of how they play, right? They kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Whenever, and anything's going good, they got to mess it up somehow. They, exactly. Anytime they get some sort of momentum, some, something inevitably happens. Even when they started, it was the third play of the game, that 77-yard touchdown I'm talking about. Even when it happened, I, I mentally was just like, oh, that was neat. How are you going to mess it up this time? And lo and behold, they did. And that's unfortunate. I think Coach that mentioned a second and 40, yeah. Yeah, second yeah. and 40, yeah, that, that, was, that was interesting. Uh, uh, you know, the, in, in their defense, they got it to a fourth and six, you know. So yeah. they, gained okay. some, they, they gained some yards. But on fourth and six, bit threw an interception. So, oh, no, you know, okay. There's there's that and that we go back to they they keep shooting themselves in the foot they keep getting so close to 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 getting over the edge and then something just happens where it really falls apart and oddly enough it really falls apart in the second quarter they've been outscored phenomenally in the second quarter of the season it's something like 200 points to 50 points in the second quarter uh, my mat, th- those numbers aren't specifically but it's it's around that like no joke it's around that you much think of a discrepancy in the second quarter. You would think they would address that, maybe extra orange slices between quarters or something. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe he needs to have an end of first quarter speech or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. The, uh, were both yeah. of you, McLean, uh, were you at the game too in San Marcos when when, um, when they played last two seasons ago, a very tight game? Were both of you at that yeah, game? Yeah, that, that's when I met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were so, there. So do you see, I know it's two seasons ago and the rosters are drastically changed, but it's still the same Georgia Southern offense, um, different coaching staff, I guess, from Texas State. But do you see that kind of uh, possibility that, um, that, like you said, it could be a closer game? Uh, but Georgia Southern hadn't been, had, uh, at least last week, did not make the kind of mistakes that, that stopped drives. Uh, they had a, a bad uh, interception return for a touchdown, and you never want to pick six, but they basically stayed away from mistakes. When you have the ball 47 minutes, you're doing something right. So uh, I guess Texas State's going to have to do a lot more right and not not uh, not have those costly turnovers. Uh, and I don't know if you've gotten to, to catch up a little bit on Georgia Southern, but McLean and I were talking about the injuries that kind of you know happen in football, but you don't want them to happen at one position. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the, the running back position, probably their deepest position, uh, but they lost their two standout running backs. The, the two running backs that probably scare opposing defensive coordinators the most, uh, along with quarterback Shy Wirtz, who everybody knows so well after four seasons. But did you, are, you, are you familiar with what's been going on with Georgia Southern and, and what they're going to have to do this Saturday? I, I, am, I am not at all. I didn't even know. Is Wirtz not playing? Is that what you're saying? No, Wirtz, I'm sorry, not to be confusing. Wirtz is fine. It's uh, starting running backs J.D. King, and um, and Wesley Kennedy were injured against Troy, 
and uh, uh, J.D. King has a knee injury. Uh, we're waiting to hear word of an MRI to see, but the the uh, prog- the um, the feeling is not good on him. The the exact opposite is true. Let me be clear. Wesley Kennedy the uh, third, who, uh, who's kind of a slashing, dangerous open field runner uh, as a kick returner, as a receiver out of the backfield, and as running back, he uh, he is expected to be fine and play. He got he got uh, injured in the mouth, a tooth injury that was uh, just the nature of it. They did, they said they didn't want to take any chances and put him back in the game. They needed to have medical attention, so it was kind of a an odd kind of injury, but but obviously can still happen in football. Um, but he's going to be back. But they're going to be relying more on the uh, reserve running backs who have some experience, but nothing close to what J.D. King has done this season. Uh, but yeah, you're going to see a whole lot of shy words if you're bringing him up. He's going to be uh, not only touch the ball to start every play, but he'll probably be running the ball quite a bit. Oh yeah, definitely know, definitely know his name. Yeah, you know, I heard about the running back injuries for for Georgia Southern, and you know, with with a triple offense team, that doesn't really concern me too much. You guys would know more if 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 that really will affect them too much. But I always think, you know, with with a team that is prepared with this with this type of offense, they've got a next man up and a half. You know, it's exactly. they're ready to go with with whoever's behind them. So yeah, I don't think that'll be, that'll be too big of an issue. But, well, okay. Kev, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's the best way or what's your final prediction for, uh, for Saturday afternoon's uh, game? You know, I, I think it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be not a high scoring one. Um, I, I haven't really thought of a specific score, but I, I guess if, if I were to do one right now, I'd probably, I'd say 31, 24 in favor of Georgia Southern. Uh, and I hate to do that to, to pick against Texas State, but they just haven't really shown anything that they can hang with this team. You know, the Georgia Southern's five and two, and and they're they're a strong team. They're a tough team. I do think Vegas is a little uh, bold with the ten point prediction because they they really haven't gotten beat that bad too much. And, you know, they have some lopsided losses, but it, they've 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 been closer, especially when they have to play. Um, you know, closer competition. So I, I think, I think it'll, yeah, 31, 24 is a pretty good prediction for me. Yeah. I would, I and would what's the best way the, for fans to, you know, follow you and, and, and keep up with, with your work. Oh yeah. Follow me on Twitter at calf underscore C. Uh, you know, some, if you're if you want to know some Austin news, you can subscribe to the, the Austin American Statesman, you know, statesman.com. Um, but really, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm, that's where I'm always hanging out at. I got a, I got a podcast too. The fifth quarter, I do with a former player here. Um, he's, we've been doing alumni weeks, and he's he's been interviewing former players that he played with. But yeah, you can check it out too. The the fifth quarter, anywhere you you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, all that. Well, you've been a real pro, uh, Keth. We really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll get to do it again next season. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate a great great uh, discussion tonight. Uh, we're taping on Tuesday, as we uh, recalled, and. With uh, the nature of the season with uh, uh, the COVID-19, we always have to put that context in there. But uh, we're, we'll uh, hope to see you um, uh, again soon and, and or talk to you soon. And uh, good luck with everything. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate you letting me in. Sorry I called in kind of late, but appreciate you okay. offering up some time for me. We'll clean it up in the edit- editing. Thanks very much. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, thanks, y'all. thanks Kev. All right, McLean, uh, we're back. Uh, that Keth had a lot of great information about Texas State, the quarterback situation, and uh, the history, uh, and especially this season. So uh, we were discussing uh, 
earlier uh, in the show about is this a trap game? Is this a sneaky game uh, coming off of uh, two big home wins uh, for Georgia Southern over South Alabama on national TV, ESPN, a uh, night game, and then a, a day game on Saturday against Troy, which was a dangerous team. And, and, um, and Georgia Southern, the defense especially, made them look very ordinary. Uh, the Troy coach on Monday said, we didn't play very well. I'm summing that up. But uh, uh, the Georgia Southern just controlled that game. Uh, other than that pick six, they didn't have a whole lot going. Um, what, uh, what do you predict for this Saturday, McLean? I mean, I think it's going to be a game like similar to uh, UMass um, and similar, you know, before the game happened to ULM where Georgia Southern has an opportunity to really beat up on a team that's struggling. You know, UMass, you know, those their season opener in the you know, past two, three years, they've been really bad and they were able to go out there, you know, 41-0 game um, and get, you know, the starters out by the fourth quarter. And, you know, on paper, it should have been the same way in Monroe, um, you know, what seems like, you know, two or three months ago now, but... I think it's another game where, you know, Texas State's struggling. They've looked pretty bad on offense. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, this is a game that they can come out and, you know, win by 14, 21 points and, uh, you know, give their starters some rest. Um, you know, because it's going to be a long season, you know, for the rest. You know, they go up to Army next week and they go to Georgia State and then, uh, you know, FAU and App State. And it's back to back to back, you know, the next four Saturdays. So, uh you know, I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be important to get their guys rest and, and get some younger guys and uh, some experience. And um, you know, uh, you know, it's going to be senior day. I know there's nothing more than Lunsford would love to. You know, let his you know let Shy Words, let Raymond Johnson. Um, you know, let those guys kind of get a standing ovation. Um, you know, some, at some point in the game. So for George Southern, it should be a game that they should win with with ease. Well, we uh, we also know the story uh, and that ULM game. Just for the people checking at home, that was October third. But yeah, it does seem like three months ago <laughs> that uh, that happened. Um, the, the 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 fact is that that Georgia Southern hasn't had many breathers. In fact, you could say UMass was the only breather that even you the ULM game went oh so close to the end of the game. And uh, yeah, on paper, uh, Texas State. Uh, the way they're playing, where they kind of make mistakes, and if you let them make their, you know, or you force them to make mistakes, you can get that lead. And I think that the key will be whether Georgia Southern finishes. That's a big word in, in Chad uh, Lunster's vocabulary. Finish the game, win the quarters, win the win ball control, uh, the time for possession. Don't make make turnovers, and then finish the game. And like you said, you could we could be going into the fourth quarter with Georgia Southern out front uh, by say two touchdowns, and really looking to seal the deal and get those seniors out of there to a standing ovation. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but that, that does seem like a very likely scenario. Uh, but you've seen enough Georgia Southern football to also know that they've still got to play the game. Uh, and uh, both teams will start out with high hopes. But uh, I think I get the other interesting angle will be, is this going to be a, another breakout for uh, an, a player like, uh, like a Gerald Green and uh, are we going to see Jalen White? That would be a good uh, talking point right there. Is Jalen White, uh, with redshirt rules being what they are, is this a good game for him to to uh, get some carries? Yeah, I mean, I know since he was signed, or since he signed, you know, with George Southern back in February, you know, he was the he still holds the record for the most uh, rushing yards and for out for an Alabama player, um, high, uh, Alabama high school player in a season, you know, with 3,000 plus, you know, had, had more than 40 touchdowns. And I mean, he 
is a guy that, you know, very similar to J.D. Keene, the way he runs. Um, you know, he falls forward. Uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll average six or seven yards a carry. I mean, he, he, he makes those holes. He's a guy that, you know, people, you know, when they watch their, his huddle, when they watch his highlight reel, they, they want to see him. And, you know, f- you know, fortunately for Georgia Southern, they've got guys in front of him, you know, J.D. King, Wesley Kennedy, Logan Wright, Speedy LaRoche, that have, that have been able to be there and they haven't had to use him immediately. But uh, I think, you know, this week and especially, you know, as, as the season goes on, there's still two more non-conference games, you know, against Army and Florida Atlantic where – it's gonna be. It'd be. It'd be nice to see you know some of these younger guys come out. Not not just you know Jalen White, but you know Gerald Green continue to to put up serious minutes. Uh, you know, Coach Lunsford was talking Monday about a uh, you know Sean Pelkison, a uh, he's a tight end and a defensive uh, defensive end, and they're kind of using him everywhere. People want to see him also. I mean, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent that they can get serious minutes against. You know, a top twenty five Army team. Or you know, against the Florida Atlantic, the very dangerous Florida Atlantic team, or against you know, even just in their Sun Belt team, I think it'd be very invaluable. Um, very valuable. Well, you to play those 12, minutes. You play a twelve-game season, and and you could look at it and as a positive for so many reasons. Yeah, I mean, if JD King, he had I think fourteen carries in the first half before he got hurt, uh, so he was on pace. The literal mathematically, he was on pace for at least twenty-eight carries. Not that he would have necessarily carried that many times, but you could see it happening. Uh, up in the 20s. Uh, they they go with what they go with, and uh, they're going to run – I think they had 61 rushing plays against Troy. That's a lot. And, yeah, you look ahead, you got West Point. I mean, aren't they, at Army, that's serious competition there. Not that they all are, they all are but that's, that's a really tall order. Uh, Georgia State, Florida Atlantic, obviously a dangerous team as well. And then Appalachian State, the big rivalry game that was supposed to be played October 14th and got rescheduled for December 12th. Just in case you're going by an old schedule out there, uh, people <laughs> listening in, yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't miss the Appalachian State. That's the big rival. Uh, George Southern people are are talking about that game. I've seen on on social media. When's when you know they can't wait to play Appalachian State, and there's uh, four games before then. So uh, it'd been great uh, for a lot of reasons to to get people a playing time, so they're more ready. And uh, uh, Chad Lenser was talking about wanting to put young players in, you recall it from yesterday's uh, press conference, but he wanted them to be mentally ready. Now, these are guys that that played in high school, start in high school, like a Jalen Wright, a White, but they want to be, he wants them to be able to go into the game calm, cool, and collected, know what they're, what play is supposed to be run, not, you know, not give up a pass block uh, that turns into a sack or a bad throw. You know, just there's a lot of uh, domino effect. If you have a guy in there that's mentally not ready uh, at any position, whether on the defense or on the offense. So he's, uh, he's, 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 he's taking this to another level, um, not playing a guy out of need, but out of um, uh, just having that available, that, that uh, luxury, I guess. So um, I think, uh, like you said, I think it'd be really smart for them to get the younger guys in uh, that get ahead in this game uh, or, or even if they're playing, a non-conference opponent, they, uh, you know, they want to win every game. Uh, they want to be, have their best players on the field to give them the best chance of winning as the, the saying goes. But I think, uh, I think just 12, 12 game season, there's no break. There's no bye week um, They're just, they just need to have everybody uh, rested as much as possible uh, and uh, healthy. Uh, McLean, we're, I, I guess it's time to wrap up the show. Uh, appreciate you coming on uh, co-hosting with me. Thanks for getting Kef uh, McLean was our booker for the show this week and got uh, Kef from the Austin American Statesman who uh, knows so much about Texas State. Um, any last uh, comments uh, for this podcast? 
I think it'd be cool. You know, as of uh, you know on Tuesday, a lot of the SEC games were you know canceled and postponed. So I think that that frees up frees up a lot of uh, airtime for ESPN. And I think it'd be pretty cool if ESPN you know flexed. As of right now, you know the uh, as of Tuesday when we're recording this, the Georgia Southern Texas State game is scheduled to be uh, broadcast on ESPN three. I mean, there's a chance that it gets you know flexed to you know an ESPN U or ESPN Mothership. So I mean. That would be another just another national spotlight for uh, Georgia Southern and State Suburb, Georgia. Okay. Well, you hear you heard it here first. Um, uh, McLean Baxi, the programmer for ESPN Network, and uh, <laughs> McLean, you called it. So uh, I see bright a bright future for you in in uh, in this. Uh, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the Georgia Southern Extra podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about the uh, the Texas State game and look ahead to the Army game uh, and uh, Coach Jeff Munkin going up against his old team. Now that's something to talk about right there. Thanks, everybody. Oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern.